Welcome to Business of Design. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. The Business of Design podcast offers immediate, actionable strategies and a glimpse into some of the many field-tested, proven systems you can implement to transform your business and your life. After the show, head to businessofdesign.com and get started with the BOD 15-step project management strategy and six foundational programs. Together, they deliver the systems, procedures, and strategies you need to run a successful, highly profitable design business. There's no theory here. The complete BOD business model is yours through Business of Design membership. Business of Design. There's only one. And now, your BOD Advocate-in-Chief, Kimberly Selden. Well, hello. Isn't it great you're here? I'm really glad you're here, you fabulous interior design professional. This is Business of Design, but my guess is you know that. You didn't just stumble here out of boredom. You came here with purpose, with intention. You're running an extremely awesome interior design business. And like me, you want more, right? You want more happy clients and more great referrals and a more robust pipeline. You want better profitability. You want team members and staff members to love and appreciate working with you. And all of that is possible through process, which is pretty much all we talk about. Not a lot of theory here. Today, we have a really interesting guest, E. Katrina Solomina. She's a UK-based, well, formerly a programmer and then turned creative director, and she's worked with a lot of big, heavy-hitting brands. Uh, Donatella Versace comes to mind. E. Katrina is one of those people who has gathered a lot of wisdom around her, and I really appreciate and admire she always credits the original source for her learning. So you're going to even hear in this episode that for a moment I'm kind of Googling someone because she mentioned someone I didn't know about, and so I, I read a little bit about that person and I learned something. And that's true of every episode. I learned so much from having these conversations with you guys. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. I really sincerely appreciate it. In this episode, we're going to talk about one of my favorite, I would say, golden rules, and that is I'm responsible for everything. Uh, Ekaterina talks about leadership. She's going to talk about her MBA program for design leadership. And as part of that training, uh, you learn about above and below the line behavior. So below the line behavior would be, oh, it's not my fault, it's his fault, or it's her fault, or I knew that was going to happen, or that always happens to me, or, you know, what am I supposed to do about it? I can't tell the suppliers to trades whatever what to do. Um, it, I'll give you a real life example of a story, because uh, I know you appreciate that, that I'm still in the trenches working with clients just like you are. And this happened to me last week. At the end of last week, we had a pool table and a shuffleboard installed uh, as one of our, one of the things in a big installation we did. And for a variety of reasons, the shuffleboard table couldn't get installed on the day it was supposed to, so they had to come another day. And I thought, well, it's just a shuffleboard table. We don't have to meet them there. They can just set it up and uh, away they'll go. Well, sure enough, they set up the shuffleboard table, but the scoreboard is upside down and backwards or something, and the table is not level. So the clients go to use the shuffleboard on the weekend, and of course they can't for a variety of reasons. And what I could have done is like, oh, those stupid idiots, I can't believe they didn't install it right. But what I know to do is what Ekaterina refers to as above, above the line behavior. What I know to do is say, 
I'm so sorry about that. That sounds so frustrating and I'm going to get that fixed immediately. And then I did. I didn't bother saying, what idiots, I can't believe they did that. I just immediately said, I understand why you're frustrated. I would be frustrated too. And let me take care of that. You know, it's interesting. We were able to take care of it within 24 hours. Um, but I have to remember that the clients were disappointed on the weekend that they couldn't use their shuffleboard table. They were excited about it. And we did take care of it within 24 hours. I didn't get flowers from my clients. I didn't even really get it like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You're amazing. Thank you so much. But I know this, if I hadn't taken care of it quickly All of the trust credits I put in our bank account, that joint bank account you have with clients where you put in trust and they put in trust, all of that would have been withdrawn, right? So at the very end of the project, you've been two years on the job and you've gotten along really well and they've been happy with everything. At the very end of the project, something as simple as the shuffleboard table wasn't set up correctly can destroy your relationship. It doesn't seem fair, right? But it is true in my experience. And so I'm so grateful that I know the difference between that victimized thinking of, oh, this always happens to me, and the empowered thinking of, okay, if I own this and take responsibility for it and I can fix it, then I can hold my head up high and I can look my clients in the eye and I know that they will have respect for me. And so I think it's an important conversation to have. It's a conversation I personally, I can't have enough because I'm like everybody, I slip back into old behavior, which is why we always say, you know, people who learn the BOD 15 or business of design 15 step project management strategy have to be reminded of all the myriad systems that are involved in that repeatedly. It's like AA, right? You can't just say, okay, I'm going to be sober and now you're sober and you never go to meeting. You go to meetings for the rest of your life so you can be reminded of who you are at your core and what your hard wiring is like. I'm hardwired for a little more chaos than my clients would appreciate. And so I've learned to be disciplined and follow protocols and follow the boundaries that are clearly written down. And that works for me and it works for thousands of other design professionals as well. And it sounds like it works for Ekaterina Solomina. I keep saying her name because it's just so darn pretty. The other thing I came away with in this episode is another tattoo I need to get, which is pain pain. We have all had pain. We all experience pain, but pain is knowledge rushing through your body at light speed. So you know that phone call you get from the clients where they're like, uh, the shovelboard table is installed incorrectly. That is like immediately I can feel that pain and I can either embrace that above the line behavior or I can slip into the poor me. This always happens to little old me, poor me, I'm powerless. And so I'm glad to be reminded of this. I haven't figured out where I'm going to put this tattoo. It feels like it needs to be somewhere I can read it. So maybe my forearm would be a good place. Uh, But it's a great episode and you're going to really learn a lot here. And before we get to the episode, I get to talk to somebody I really admire and respect, and that's Cheryl Horn. Thanks for being here, everyone. Quick announcements and on to the show. Cheryl, we really missed you in High Point, and we really missed you in uh, South Carolina uh, hanging out with the Boss Group. Everybody's kind of demanding that you get on the road again. I know, I know. I wish, I wish I could. Maybe by fall, because we have like a whole series of locations. So one of which is Toronto. So I can 
I, I can be, I can be to that one. That's a little bit easier to get on the road to for me. Um, but yeah, coming up in October, we have three dates on the calendar for uh, the BOD 15, the two-day intensive seminar that I feel like we've been talking about for so long because that's because you just did it in Australia. Yes. And the, it was so good. And then after everybody's like, oh my gosh, I totally needed this. I thought we have just not done anything like this in North America at all. So we have these three dates coming up. And it, what was interesting in Australia, we had people who were brand new to BOD. So for them, it was like brand new information, but we had people who've actually done the intensive uh, two day, three day course previously. So for them, it was a refresher. And even for them, there were so many things they are like, oh my gosh, that's why I'm having a problem here. Like you identify some of the places where you kind of missed something, you skipped a step, you made a modification that doesn't work. So it was really gratifying and fun to do. And I just come away feeling so um, renewed and refreshed in my own business and ready to um, double down on my own process. So it's it's great for me too. So what tell us, I can't even remember what, what three cities that we're going to mm-hmm. hometowns, two of them are hometowns. Yeah. Yeah. For you, um, for, so, uh, all the dates are going to be in October. So we are doing Toronto, October 4th and 5th, Santa Monica, October 11th and 12th, and then Winchester for those in the DC area, October 25th and 26th. And uh, for that location, Sierra Collins is going to be hosting us and she's going to do a bit of a lunch and learn with the group, which will be fun. But those are our three locations. Um, again, all dates are in October. All dates we've done Wednesday, Thursdays for just to be consistent across the board. They're all the two day seminars. So it's a boot camp. It's a very intensive version of the BOD 15. And like you said, when we did it in Australia, sort of half the group was new to the BOD 15. Others had already taken it through membership. And it's really two different ways to learn. I've heard from so many who was who were taking it for the first time, who have since joined membership and are now taking the online version. Um, it really gives you a jump start to understand the process and what you are committing your business to, to take yeah. the two-day version and really get through it. And then the online membership is sort of your guide as you implement. You can sort of do the individual steps as you're implementing it in your business. It's sort of really important to understand the overall process and then have it as that refresher as you're implementing it. Because like you're not doing a project in two days. In some cases, you're doing it over two years. So to learn a step and then have it be six months maybe before you're doing your next trade day or presentation or whatever that step is, it's really important to be able to touch base with each of those steps as you implement it and implement. It's just, I feel like I don't say that word enough. (laughs) I know, I know. Such a big part. I do want to be clear. You do not have to go to all three cities. So if you're, (laughs) if you're my Canadian family, you know, come on out in Toronto. That's a big market area. Uh, we'll do this in Toronto and then maybe we'll go to BC or we'll go out, out east next time. But, but this time in Toronto is two days. Then there are two days in Santa Monica and there are two days in the DC area. We would love, love, love for you to be there. I would love for you to be there. Um, and I will make sure that whatever your pain point is, we will cover it in detail. So bring your what's happening with you now. Bring us your immediate needs. You'll leave with handouts. You'll lead with you'll leave with 
uh, all your questions answered. It was just it was just so satisfying and rewarding in Australia. And I'm very excited we're going to do it in these three cities. So I'm going to be like pumped and ready to go for October. Well, and I think so many people don't know, but when we say like business of design started in 2004, this is how it started. When I started working with you in 2007, you had been traveling for a few years at that point with a three-day version of this across Canada. And I don't know how they were hearing about you, but we started getting inquiries from all over the States and internationally. Yeah, And that's when we moved it on line because we were hearing from us, you know, designers in Australia and UK and all over. And we didn't necessarily have enough designers in one area to travel to them. So that's when we moved online. But this, uh, you know, we're going back to the roots here. This is how business of design started in 2004. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Okay. Two days, fully intensive. You're going to leave with a lot of handouts and all the everything you need to transform your business, which will change your life. Cheryl, what is the cost for the two-day program. So right now we have earlier bird pricing. So uh, you're going to save $200 until July 31st. So it's $21.95. And then members are going to save another $200 on top of that. Uh, and you can register for each city individually. So uh, when you click through to the website, you're going to see those details there with the dates and more specific locations for each of those uh, cities. But, you know, space is limited. We're doing this in in some smaller classrooms. So uh, if you are interested, please uh, register now or reach out to me with any questions you might have. Right. And under $2,000, I can almost guarantee this across the board. You'll make that money back if you implement the things you need to do prior to step one. Like, honestly, that's our feedback over and over again. By the end of you know, the the morning of the first day, you will know that you're going to make that investment back immediately. I've never seen that fail, actually. Even with people who've been around a long time, it's really, um, it's really gratifying, and rewarding. So do sign up for that. That's so cool. And then um, I did, I told, we, I told you we missed you when we were in South Carolina in the boss group, yeah. which reminds me, we have immediate openings. If you would like to be a BOD boss member, we have immediate openings. If you've been thinking about it and you're thinking, this seems like the right time, it is the right time. Yeah. And that's actually one thing that also came out of the BOD 15 when you did it in Australia, an exclusive Australia group. So if you are interested in joining uh, one of our regular groups, uh, let us know again, immediate openings for that. Or if you'd like to join us uh, in October for the first meeting and you're in Australia, we have an exclusive boss group. And that's exciting because now you feel like you probably know a lot of that group, because again, it's, it stemmed from the BOD 15 when you were just there. Yeah. It's so good. I feel like I almost anywhere in the world I, I can go, I can say, who are my BOD members here? Because I'm going (laughs) to, in fact, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to South Africa uh, next year. So I need, I need to know who my South Africa members are. Cause I'm, we're going to hang out. We're going to have coffee or a martini or whatever one does in South Africa. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, Immediate openings for a North America boss group, immediate opening for Australia boss group, jump on it. And I will say this too, for some people, 
Um, even though the financial commitment is fairly small, maybe you're new, maybe you don't have as much in the pipeline right now as you want to, but the reality is if you are in that place where there's not as much in your pipeline right now as you wish there was, it's a really good time to get into a sophisticated group like Boss because you will have time to implement all the things you need to do to crank that pipeline back up. If your pipeline is feeling a little lackluster, it's probably because you've been super busy and focused on satisfying immediate clients and you took your eye off the ball of making sure that pipeline is always full. That happens. It happens to all of us. So uh, anyway, immediate openings and a demand that Cheryl Horn get on the road soon. <laughs> and for both boss groups, uh, regardless of location, the uh, the process is the same. The application is the same. So click on um, boss in the main menu at businessofdesign.com. Love it. Thanks, Cheryl. It's so nice to see your face. I know, I know. Hopefully I'll get out to an event soon and see a lot more of our members. But we have a hot coffee date coming up on Friday. We do. I'm looking forward to it. And I will see you then. All right, honey. Bye for now. Okay, take care. Bye. Hello. I am I am saying hello for those of you who are just listening to E. Katrina Solomina. Did I say your name right? You did it perfectly well. Thank you. It's such a beautiful lyrical name. And uh, we are speaking, I'm in Toronto and you are where? Based in London. We do have a wonderful sunny day today. So I'm literally standing next to the sun. I can see blue sky outside of my window. So it does feel very positive and springy here in London. It makes such a difference, right? It makes such a difference to have the sunshine come back if you live in a place that gets winter. Uh, and I'm very happy to have you on the show. I know that you run a training and leadership program for uh, designers, not just interior designers, but anybody who sees themselves in that creative space or works in that creative space. Tell us a little bit about you and how you got into that and, and what the program is that you uh, provide for design professionals. Sure. Um, and, and thanks for, for this question. I feel like in the creative industry, we don't talk enough about what's next and how we got there. And uh, I feel like everyone's creative story is so different. And I love hearing everyone's creative journey because there is it's not like a lawyer. You study law, then you practice law and you become a lawyer. In a creative world, literally, you follow all sorts of different curiosities and passion and and then you land on something you really love so that's my story for sure and, and it's your story too I, I noticed as I'm reading your resume that you started out as a programmer and then of course you began to work with creatives on different brands including like some names we all know like Donatello Versace and some amazing collaborations with Michael Wolf of Wolf Olin um, and then you took all that experience and what did you want to create Basically, we wanted to create the perfect MBA, the one that all of us wanted, where you learn from superstars and legends of a creative industry, but you also learn the business side, you learn the finance, you learn the tough bits that maybe throughout your creative career, you didn't have a chance to learn, but also other things about the future and technology and sustainability and the world and geopolitics and other things that would be helpful for you to understand if you want to really create a future-proof business and run it for many, many years. So this is what we created, and it's a year-long program split into two-week, very intensive modules across the year. And uh, yeah, it's taught by best CEOs, CFOs, and uh, creative leaders from some of the top companies, which is super, super exciting. 
So give us something tangible that we can implement right away. What are, what is, where's a place that you would start if you were interested? So first I wanted to clarify um, that leadership is often misunderstood. So if anyone right now heard the word leadership MBA and they're like, you know what, I'm running my own one person shop and I'm not planning to lead anyone. I don't want to have a team. I don't want any of that. I just love the creative field. I love it because I'm so good at what I do, whether it is interior design or any other creative field. And I often feel like leadership because of that gets reserved to those very ambitious, very certain type of characters who really want this career ladder, who want to be in a position of power. And that's why we end up where we are right now. Um, so my encouragement first is to think for, to rethink what leadership is. Um, and it's not about hierarchy for sure. You can be a leader uh, even if you don't have a team. Um, it's all about listening. It's about giving support. It's about influencing people. It's about taking responsibility. It's about, it's about showing the better future. That's what leadership is. And there is a, a great quote from Kofi Annan, you're never too young to lead and never too old to learn. And that's very much how I see leadership, that you can be just starting out, but you can be an incredible leader. And as well as you can be very successful already, but there is a lot that you can learn to become a better leader as well. I love the quote you mentioned, and I wasn't familiar with it. You said, you're never too young to lead and never too old to learn. And you did mention the um, name of the person who said it, Kofi Annan, or Kofi Annan, I'm not sure. Uh, and I had to I had to look it up, as I said, but it turns out he was Secretary General of the um, United Nations and won a Nobel Peace Prize. What a beautiful expression. It just reminds us all to start where we are and step up into the role we want. I also love that you tapped into that solopreneur, just that kind of idea that because I work for myself, I don't really need to be a leader. Um, but in fact, you do need to influence people. You need to influence your clients. You need to influence your trades. You need to lead teams, even if you're a solopreneur, right? That's an important skill set. And I think it's really good for us to, and we talk about this all the time, stop thinking of yourself as a small business owner. You're a part of a multi-billion dollar industry and you need to lead the people who rely on you to get the job done or to do the job. You need to lead both of those teams. 100% agree. And and it comes to kind of the first point that I wanted to, to talk about in terms of leadership is about self-awareness. And this self-awareness is something that is very important for anyone who wants to be successful in their field, whether it is, whether it means creating a, a huge company or whether it means creating the best design of their life. Uh, it's all about understanding what your strengths are and how you can leverage them. Also about having a growth mindset. And I'm, I'm not sure if you talked about growth mindset and Carol Dweck on the show, because she's a like a hero of mine and she definitely changed the way I think. Shall I, shall I explain to the listeners what growth mindset is so everyone is Absolutely. aware? Absolutely. Yeah. We, we'd love to explore all of this. Yeah. Brilliant. So, so the growth mindset is something that for me was the biggest turning point in my career, moving from pure creativity to actually running a company. 
because I always thought that I'm good at all the creative things, but you know, the, the finance, the, the sales, the, all the other bits, they're not so creative. So I better not do them or I avoid them as much as possible until I stumbled upon Carol Dweck and her wonderful book uh, called Mindset. And if anyone hasn't read it, I would definitely recommend it because it's something, it's very small book and it, it's, it's incredible. But basically it talks about the concept that uh, you can develop any skill, trade of your character. Um, and uh, the, the most important thing is about how you think about it. If you think every trait of your character is fixed, um, I don't know, I'm not good at math, I'm not a sporty person, or I, I'm always late, then you, you get stuck in this fixed mindset where you can't change anything. Now, people with growth mindset think that if you practice something enough, then you can get better at it. So if you're not good at math, if you practice it enough, then you eventually will get better at math. Sports, same thing. You can practice it and slowly, slowly get better. And what Carol Dweck's actually shown that people with this growth mindset that believe that they can actually practice and get better at things, do get better at things and actually achieve more. How wonderful is that? So my first advice for anyone who thinks that there is one thing that they're definitely not good at and that stops them from running a company or growing or getting better at something. Trust me, just you can get better at it if you just put more time and effort into this and just believe that you can do it and it happens. Well, yeah, you absolutely have to believe that you are capable of making these changes. And math is a good one. I think a lot of people want to avoid math and talking about money and all that kind of thing. And that is something that you can, in fact, get very good at. I do kind of wonder if I decided to be, for example, a gymnast, if I was really going to be able to do that. I'm not sure. I guess I would be able to get better at being a gymnast, but I'm not sure I could ever be an amazing gymnast. But I guess if I don't have the growth mindset, I'm never going to know. That is a very good point. And actually, I definitely would recommend you reading the book because Carol actually talks about the fact that the best gymnasts are not the ones who were the most talented when they were young. And actually, people who are the most talented think that talent is the one that defines uh, how good they will be. Therefore, they peak at a certain point when they're young because they can just drive on that natural talent. And then they very quickly kind of get off that cliff because they don't have that persistence and grit. So actually, the best athletes are not the most talented from their birth, but actually the ones who put more effort and time in it. And that's going to be true for business owners as well. You may not have grown up in a family that talked about business at the dinner table, and you may have been like me when you graduated from design school and didn't know a thing about how to run the business. But if you believe that you're capable and you're willing to put in the time to make the change and effort, you're saying you actually can succeed and even get ahead of those who had more of a head start. 100% agree. It's just what you want to do. That's always the question. And that kind of goes to, to the second point about having the clear vision. And I, I felt like you, you talked a lot in your podcast about vision and, and what does it mean to have a creative vision. And it's something that you need for your company. You need something for yourself. I mean, you can get better at everything if you want to. Now, do you want to be better at everything or what kind of things actually make sense to get better at? That's the second question. And that kind of should align with where you want to go personally, where do you want your company to go? And again, how much do you want to put in each of these fields? 
So having a clear vision about what you want to do now and in the future where your company wants to go, and that needs to be connected to your personal purpose. Like, why are you doing all of this? And the classic Simon Sinek and start with why and all of this is very important because you won't, going back to our athlete metaphor, you can't get better at it if you don't know why you're even trying to become a better athlete. Right. Uh, but if you really, really uh, love it because that gives you so much energy because I don't know, you, you like, uh, how people see you, whatever that is that gives you that drive and connects to your true purpose. Then you will show up in every training, the first person, and you will try the hardest because you do want this gold medal or whatever you feel like you need in your life. I'm glad you clarified that because you're so right. You do want to be what's the word, kind of discerning about the goals you're going to go after. And I think I spent a good portion of my career kind of thinking I wanted one thing because I thought that was the way it was supposed to be. But it took me a while to kind of unpack what actually really did matter to me. Does that make sense? 100%, 100%. And I totally agree with you. It sometimes doesn't come... Um, naturally at the beginning of the career because there are so many paths you can pursue so it's okay if you don't know what your true purpose and passion is as well I feel like there is always too much pressure of like defining it you might change it as well that's totally fine but as long as in the moment you know why you're doing what you're doing that's what matters yeah I know that you talk about creating a um a high performance culture can you tell us what that is and why that is going to matter? And and I think keep your keep your mind on that that small business owner, that person who's, you know, a solopreneur, maybe has one design assistant. Why should they even think about a high performance culture? Great question. And uh, I feel like the term high performance got a very bad reputation because it seem it sounds like exhaustion and burnout <laughs> but uh, it's actually about using your energy and resources in the best possible way whether you are a team of one whether you're trying to create a high performance culture with your partners collaborators or with with with, with anyone who surrounds you in a work environment and specifically we had um actually one of the people who teach in our MBA for design leaders is an Olympic coach. Again, I feel like sports metaphor follows us this whole um, conversation, but we had an incredible person who was actually in charge of um, performance in the team GB, uh, Olympic team. So basically he looked at all athletes and uh, tried to understand how can he create whether it is a training routine or whether it's uh, nutrition, whatever that is that will increase their performance. And what they used in, uh, in the Olympic team in the UK is the concept of above and below the line, which again can be applied to the team, but it also applies to individual because again, even though he was training a team of athletes, each of them was an individual trying to achieve the best performance of their career. And what basically this uh, concept means is that you constantly, your mindset can be above or below the line. If you're below the line, you might say things like, um, it wasn't my fault, uh, or it was, it was someone else's fault, or I was right about this, or this situation is hopeless. I had no choice. I had to do that. So kind I knew of it was going to go badly. I knew, I knew this would happen. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, and oh, I'm right. They just need to see it my way. So basically taking um, the power away from what you can do and what you can control. And that's, it's not really a helpful mindset to have because how can you change it if it's always someone else's fault or they should have done something or this should have been done differently? It's well, kind the, of a victim mentality, right? As opposed to a leader's absolutely. mentality. Yeah. Absolutely. You're so right. It, it can be said, I mean, in other terminologies, it's sometimes called victim mentality. It's also called not taking accountability or responsibility for, for, for your actions. And, uh, concept of above the line means that if you want to actually be above the line, you need to talk about um, what you choose to do or what we can learn from this or how else can I approach this pro problem. Or if someone gives you bad feedback, you can think of what is true here, not just why are they doing this, this is horrible, but what can I learn from this? What mm -hmm. might be an interesting information that might help me to grow and you take responsibility for your action. If you made a mistake, then it might have been not 100% your mistake, but you take responsibility and you make an action and you propose what the next thing might be or what we need to do now. So basically being more active in terms of how you take care of your decisions in your life. Yeah, absolutely. One of the most empowering things I ever learned is every single thing that's going wrong in my business is my fault period, full stop. Nobody else could be blamed for anything, anything that's going wrong in my business because somewhere along the line, I allowed it, I nurtured it, I started the ball rolling. And that is so empowering because if it's my fault, I can make a change. But if it's someone else's fault, I can't really change that other person. I'm sort of stuck in that victim mentality. 100%. And it also gives you this opportunity to be curious and actually learn something because as soon as you think, okay, what... What actually happened? What what did this person say? Why did they say this? You suddenly become curious instead of trying to reject any feedback that goes your way or ignore the situation that might be, I don't know, uncomfortable or potentially harmful for your company. You yeah. actually try to understand, okay, what? how can I look at it in a different way or who else can I talk to? So that's always a good mindset to have. You know what helps me a lot? I will say, um, what what would my feedback be if someone gave this information or advice or criticism to my daughter or my son? What would my feedback to it. them be? Right? Because I can then I can be objective and I could still be compassionate and loving, but I can be objective and say, gosh, what in here is useful information that's going to give you some new direction? But it's about I think some it's so easy to take it all so personally, right? We are humans and yeah. we can't deny this. And even talking about this concept, the, the Olympic coach did mention that even though this is an ideal scenario, it doesn't mean we sometimes don't sleep to, to the below the line mindset because we are tired, because we didn't have our lunch, because it's extra stressful time of the year. Whatever that is, sometimes it is a lot. But being conscious that we are sleeping to this mindset and we should try to get up and be above the line, it's a helpful thing to have in mind. Give us some more information about what lies above the line. What, what are the sort of behaviors and characteristics we'll step into when we're above the line? So above the line is meaning that you're in control. So you choose to do this, going back to understanding why you're doing this. <laughs> so you can be miserable and say, I hate everyone in my team. I hate the clients. I hate the business. But is that helpful? You chose to run a business. You chose to pick this client. So 
you have to take responsibility for that. So think back to why you're doing what you're doing. Was it because you wanted to do this amazing creative project? Then focus on the project. How can you make it creative? How can you make it the best work of your life? Um, so taking back to to why you're doing things and taking responsibility for what you can do next instead of kind of in a hopeless mindset. Because the, the problem with when you don't take responsibility, then you can't make an action because action should come from someone else. While if you think it is your responsibility, then you can plan next steps. You can decide what next discussion should be or how this project should go. Or you can start creatively thinking about the problem and coming up with better solutions to it. So as soon as you start thinking about what you can do, then suddenly there are more opportunities, there are more solutions to the problem. And as we all creative, literally, this is what we do. We are creative people. So our solutions to the problem will always be more creative than anyone else's. So we should use this superpower to actually overcome any obstacles that we have. And kind of expect there to be some times that are turbulent. Expect that there are going to be some times when you slip below the line. Anticipate that. Expect that. Don't beat yourself up, but get yourself back in the zone as quickly as you can. You do have to kind of ride the waves, right, as a business owner? Yes. And and, thank you for mentioning this because especially in podcast and I don't know, Instagram world, everyone's is always successful, 100% of times, only winning the <laughs> awards and only, I don't know, celebrating the big wins and big clients. But we all know that's not the truth. It goes up and down for everyone. Even one day can be up and down multiple times because one email was positive and another one wasn't so positive. So it's okay. It's part of the game. And we all signed up to this game. So we just have to take it. But you're right. We need to build the resilience. And it is very important, especially if you are a leader, if you're planning to be a leader, you need to build that resilience. And uh, there is a wonderful quote that I love uh, repeating that pain is knowledge rushing through your body with the speed of light. And basically where this quote comes from is imagine you are in the room and you're walking through the room and suddenly you didn't see the leg of a chair and you really hurt your foot um, because the, you didn't see the leg of a chair. And this pain, that's horrible. It's, it, it's excruciating pain. But now you know there was a chair there and there was a leg of a chair. So this is knowledge. That's <laughs> like that. Boom, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. So whenever you feel like you're frustrated about something or something is not going your way and you feel this frustration and pain, this is knowledge. You need to lean in. You need to become curious. Why am I feeling this? And it can be multiple factors. And um, I don't know if your um, listeners are fans of uh, Brené Brown, which uh, who's incredible and very, very inspiring. And uh, in her latest book, uh, which was Atlas of the Heart, she talked about labeling the emotion as a first step of overcoming any negative emotion that comes to your mind. Because we often use a very limiting language when we talk about our bad emotions. So if we are feeling pain or anxiety, yeah, we might say, I'm stressed. I'm I'm anxious, but actually there there are so many different emotions we might be experiencing at the same time. We might be disappointed that a situation went a certain way. We might be just tired. We might be uh, we might be scared of something that something might go a certain way. So there are so many nuances to what we are feeling. So number one step is to actually label 
what exactly am I feeling right now in this uh, not so good state? I feel like something is not right, but what exactly am I feeling right now? And why am I feeling this? What am I scared of? What might be happening? Like, stay curious. So this is, uh, any emotion is, a, is basically a signal. And that could lead you to so many opportunities and answers. It might be that you realize that this repeated emotion is caused by the fact that you don't have lunch on time. And because of that, you feel extra frustrated and that is so easily fixable. And you just switch your meetings and have them after lunch, not before the lunch. And you don't have that excruciating pain every time you have to talk about difficult topics. It might be because you don't know something and you like feel scared that because you don't have this information, something might happen. Mm -hmm. And again, this is a great signal. Then you might lean in into this and actually learn more about this topic or try to find more information. So all these emotions are very, very important signals that can help us actually enjoy our lives, enjoy our businesses, enjoy our creativity. So don't be scared. Don't try to push away your bad emotion when it comes up. It's like, oh, no, 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 please not. Uh, try to understand where is it coming from? Why am I feeling it? And what does it mean? Um, and that is a, such a great and much more curious and creative approach to any emotion, to be honest. Gosh, I love that. And, you know, in theory, it's wonderful. And sometimes we're able to do it. And sometimes we fail, you know, because we're human beings. But I love the idea that there's no such thing as a negative or a positive um, feeling that that it's seemingly good and seemingly bad is kind of a, a thing that I will use a lot. You know, I, I think I know what someone means by saying this, but unless I really dig in and slow down and ask questions, I may get it completely wrong. And you just remind me like every single thing in my business, I have to take time to constantly be analyzing and say, where am I at? What can I do now to make a positive impact in my day? And something you reminded me of as well is that feeling when you're like three quarters of the way through the project and you're kind of done and you're over it. And I just want it to be, you know, I just kind of want to phone it in after that. It's really important to muster your strength and resilience at that point and bring your best game to the client and to the project. Like they deserve your best right to the end. You're so right about thinking also about where where these feelings arrive throughout the project as well. This mm -hmm. is another great signal for you to, to monitor and think about. And if you realize like I am the happiest and the most excited at the beginning of the project when I come up with ideas and when I do certain things, and then I'm also the happiest, let's say, at the final thing when I present everything or whatever there is. And these are the points where I do feel unhappiest or stressed yeah. or lost and confused then what can you do to stop feeling that way is it you bring someone else in at those points that will help you throughout these toughest parts is it um, that you structure your project differently and maybe split it up in more stages so this particular stage that is the most painful doesn't feel as painful because it's split into tiny tiny steps and each of them is very easy to tick off so you can start thinking about the mechanism that will help you to uh, actually do better work for you, as you said, for your clients and for your customers. But you can't do it unless you actually reflect on when and why you're feeling this. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So, so many good things you gave us to think about on this episode. Thank you. We love to end every episode with something we call design intervention. Just a great piece of business advice you think people could implement and use right now. And you already gave us so many. I don't know what else you're going to have in your bag of tricks, but... 
Well, actually, the one thing that I kept talking about is about curiosity. And I would like to leave with that because I do feel like it's something that uh, it's a piece of advice that was given to me and I still use it and I still talk about it years later. So that means it did did make a difference to me. So I worked with Michael Wolf, as I mentioned. He is a, an incredible fan of Wolf Orleans. He's now 80 six or 87 years old. And uh, I mean, his company is known across the world. And uh, I I was obviously lucky enough to work with him. And every time he says something, it can be literally a quote on the wall, like every piece of wisdom <laughs> that he shares yeah. has to be uh, written somewhere. And, and actually, luckily, he's writing a book, which is incredible, because now everyone can read his advice soon. But one piece of advice that he told me is about curiosity. That curiosity is a muscle that you need to train every day. Mm. And this is literally the, the job of us as creatives to be curious about our emotions, about what we do, about the world around us. And the reason why it really resonated with me, because he is the best example of leaving this value. So as I mentioned, he is 80-something years old, still as creative as anyone I, I might, or even more creative. And I remember a specific story when um, it was his birthday and I gave him this yellow scarf for his birthday. And I remember him opening this box with this wool yellow scarf. And uh, I mean, it was nothing special. It was a wool yellow scarf. It was a nice scarf. But he opens the box and says, oh, what a wonderful scarf. If you look at it closer, look, some, some of the threads are a bit more yellow and some are a bit more red. Isn't that wonderful? And look, they go this way and then they go that way. And I felt so embarrassed because I'm the one who gave him the gift. So I should yeah. be very excited about it and very proud of it. But he's the one who really looked close at it and was so curious about every single detail. And I, I was just so um, impressed and inspired by this because this is how he lives his entire life. And mm. this is why he's still so creative and inspiring because he sees everything through this lens of curiosity. And I took this advice with me through my whole life. And I hope that I am, when I'm 80, I will be as curious and passionate about everything that I do. And I definitely would recommend everyone to take life with a lot of curiosity. Oh, well, I that I really appreciate that reminder, because when I get overwhelmed, that's the thing that disappears for me is the curiosity. So it's such a good reminder. And we're going to put links to all the books that you mentioned in our show notes so everybody can follow along, as well as all the information where you can get in touch with E. Katrina and learn more about her programs through. Tell us the name of the program again one more time. Um, well, we're called Future London Academy and our program is MBA for design leaders. So if you are a design leader who wants to take their career business challenge to the next level, then do please apply and uh, you can learn from some of the best minds about leadership and business and everything in between. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation today and I'm I'm going to be back in London in September. Who knows? Maybe we'll end up in the same spot having a having a cocktail or something. I love this. And definitely London is very good for lots of cocktail spots. So do let me know when you're here. I will. I'll show you around. Fabulous. Oh, thank you so much, Katrina. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kimberly. Thanks for listening and supporting the BOD mission to improve the industry one design business at a time.
If you're ready to implement an exact business model for running a streamlined, profitable business, field-tested by thousands of design professionals around the world, head to businessofdesign.com and get started today. It's time to dramatically improve your business and transform your life.